Hi, I'm Andy Kindler, and you're listening to PX Tape Recorder. Are you enjoying it? I certainly hope so. there i'm pf this is my tape reporter coming up comedian joe DeRosa on starting out as a serious musician but then turning to comedy oh i still like to collaborate i just like the solo aspect of comedy you know i, yeah. I really i really liked that it was all on you and it was up to me to deliver and if the failure happened it was all on me we'll hear more from joe in just a bit uh, we have a great song of the week uh, we discovered thanks to our friends over at rock solid i'll explain that at the end of the show but first, the dumb bit, a dumb bit inspired out of spite. Every now and then, I'll take one of the dumb bits and post it to SoundCloud. And uh, like I did that with the Welcome to Night Vale uh, bit, which was uh, pretty successful. The uh, ones that really get a lot of traffic, though, are the CSI Crime Song Investigations. And, you know, we did one, I think our most popular one, uh, well, two, two, the Ali Murs versus Megan Trainer was very popular. And the one I'm going to talk about now was very popular and is downloaded a lot. The, uh, the one I'm going to talk about now involves... Um, Uptown Funk, Bruno Mars, along with uh, James Brown living in America, and Jungle Love by the time. And what we did was we put up the regular CSI, and then I added a mashup of those three songs, because uh, I thought it would be fun. I put that on SoundCloud. Well, SoundCloud came to me a couple of months ago and said, hey, we're going to take this down because you're violating the copyright of the time and Warner Brothers music. And you can fight that and say it's fair use, but I thought, well, you know what? It's, it's just the mashup, so it's not really fair use. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Well, just this week, I get another email from them, or another notice in my SoundCloud account saying, hey, we're, we're taking down the CSI crime song investigation because you're violating the copyright of uh, the time and uh, Warner Brothers music with Jungle Love. And then I said, well, wait a minute. So you can go and fight it. And it's really funny. When you go to fight it, they think you're stupid. So you click on this thing, so I want to fight it. And this little menu drops down and it says, and gives you reasons why you think you're allowed to use it. And they're all dumb. Like, oh, it's my favorite song, and I'm not making any money from it, and blah, blah, and all these idiotic reasons. And the bottom one is, you, I think it falls under fair use. Well, you open that up, and they still think you're stupid. They say all these things like, well, it's, again, I'm not making any money from it, and blah, blah, except for the real reason it's fair use. They don't list that, is that critical analysis. That's why I'm allowed to play a song of the week at the end of the show, because we only play 90 seconds of it. And because I'm telling you that's the song of the week, it's a good song and a little bit about it. Now, I can't use copyrighted music, you know, as bumper music between uh, our segments. I can't use it as my theme music. That's why you have to suffer through those horrible songs that, uh, well, they're not horrible, actually. If you heard me sing them, they'd be horrible. But that's why there's original music uh, as the theme music for the tape recorder and for the outgoing music and for the music you heard at the beginning of the dumb bit. Uh, that's why that's done that way, because I I'm not allowed to use copyrighted music. But in this case, for the CSI Crime Song Investigation, we are allowed. So I wrote SoundCloud back, linked them to an article by a professor at Stanford, not, uh, at Stanford University in California, and explaining that you can use fair use, you can play a clip of a song if you're doing critical analysis, which we are doing. So I'm going to wait to hear back from SoundCloud. In the meantime, to thumb my nose at SoundCloud, who, by the way, I recommend if you're doing a podcast uh, over the other... Uh, podcast host you can get a free account with them and you get up to 200 minutes of, of upload time which is a lot and uh, at recently within the past couple of years they now link to itunes so that's also very handy so anyway without any further ado i'm going to replay our one of our most popular crime song investigations ever it is bruno mars versus uh, uh, the, uh the time more stay in the time and uh james brown so let's have at it
Fangirl is here with us, and uh, we have another case on the books here uh, with uh, Bruno Mars and uh, Mark Ronson, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, see, what, what can I, I... I didn't come up with a good joke for this one here, but... Um, uh, let me I see should note here. that oh. it is Dumbbit 182, so it's the most punk rock Dumbbit we're going to oh, do. Oh, it is Dumbbit because this is episode 182. So on the sheet I have here where I put my notes, it says Dumbbit, and I put Dumbbit 182 for the episode. Isn't that Dumbbit? All right, well, I'm going to whip off the sunglasses and say, looks like Bruno and Mark aren't out of the jungle yet. All right, so the uh, the big hit by uh, Mark Ronson and Bruno Mars is uh, Uptown Funk. And it's another song that's just like Happy. It sounds like it should be a song you've heard before, but you can't quite Oh, my think. God, that's so true. But this one... I literally I, thought it was an old song the first time they played it on Q102. Okay, well, you, you may not be wrong, because here, <laughs> I'm going to give you a little blast of uh, Uptown Funk first, and then the other song that is a plaintiff, and a third song that is also plaintiff. So it's kind of a triple case here. And I give you as the plaintiff. That is uh, Morris Day and the Time from 1984 with Jungle Love. And uh, now we have a, a third plaintiff here. We're going to go back to the beginning of Uptown Funk and uh, take a listen to this first. And uh, entering the courtroom now, the godfather of soul. So what do you reckon, fangirl? I believe my exact words were, oh my god, the frack. <laughs> I know, right? So uh, I like, can't decide if it's this way because they're all copied from each other or if because it's just a genre of pop on its own to have songs that sound like this. Yeah, and it could be because they use kind of the same chord progression, but boy, they're awfully, awfully close. But um, So I was kind of goofing around at lunch the other day, and uh, I came up with this. This episode of PF's Tape Recorder is brought to you by Home Shirts Cleveland. For all of your Northeast Ohio vintage t-shirt needs, visit homeshirts.com forward slash Cleveland. You'll also find links to the original Cincy Shirts site, as well as Home Shirts Indianapolis, with more cities to come. That's homeshirts.com forward slash Cleveland. Now, on with the show. Joe DeRose is a stand-up comedian originally from the Philadelphia area. He began his showbiz career as a serious musician, but then switched to comedy. Now here's our interview with Joe DeRosa. 
Okay, cool. Uh, and I can fix this up in post, I guess, as they say. So, uh, I interviewed you years and years ago, I think, for uh, Cincinnati City Beat. And um, I don't know if I mentioned this to you, but I went to college with a Joe DeRosa. Oh, where did you go to college? Bowling Green State University. Oh, all right. Well, there's, uh, yeah, you know, a couple of guys from the Midwest. Are, that's the Midwest, right? That is correct. I, I, I yeah. You said the what state? Sorry. Bowling, I can to hear you. Bowling Green State University in Bowling Green, Ohio. Bowling Green State. Okay. Yeah, you know, some guys from that area have uh, connected with me on social media because we have the same name. So I'm wondering if one of them's a musician. Was the guy you went to school with a musician? No, he was uh, what my roommate called a party veteran, and he now lives in North Carolina and is some bigwig in a company in Charlotte. So, but uh, yeah, we're still friends on Facebook. <laughs> so whenever I type in Joe DeRosa, both you guys come up because I think I like your page on Facebook. So the first two things that come up are you and my uh, friend from college. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I wonder if there's another, if he's the other one. There's two guys with my name that I connected with. I wonder, he might be the other one. Who knows? Um, I'm sure I'll connect with you once I post this because he, he always likes my episodes. So, um, so yeah. Now, you're really a, a jack-of-all-trades, so asking you what's new is probably going to be an, uh, a very involved uh, answer. But what is new with you? You know, you got the music, you got podcasts, you're doing stand-up, obviously, acting. Uh, what's the latest and greatest? Uh, well... Just gearing up to do, uh, just, just, I, I, you know, I'm on tour right now, and uh, I'm actually on my way to the first, uh, first stop in North Carolina. So, oh, coincidentally, I've been kind of writing on and off for the last two and a half years, I guess, on a bunch of different TV shows and stuff. Okay. And I kind of felt like my stand-up wasn't, you know, getting the focus that it that it had. had leading up to that point. So now that I'm kind of put my time in as a writer, like I'm, I'm, I'm now kind of getting back to stand-up. So that's like the newest thing is like coming back, doing this tour, perfecting this new hour of material, you know, prepping that for release later, late 2016, somewhere in there. Um, and that's kind of the main focus right now. Um, about to put up this full-length music album prior to that. Oh, neat. Uh, and start start doing some music shows, uh, you know, amongst all this. And uh, I guess those are kind of the two things right now, you know. Um, still doing some writing and stuff, but it's more of my own uh, for projects I want to sell. So that's nothing to really talk about at the moment. But, uh, you know, performance, a lot of performance is really where my head's at right now, you know, and yeah. uh, just trying to get back to it where it's, where it's in first position versus second or third, you know? Yeah, because that's, well, I was going to say that's that's basically where you came from, of course, but actually you started as a musician, as I recall. Yes. Yeah, I did that first, and, and I kind of stopped performing music to do comedy, and uh, but I kept writing and recording, so... The stuff that I'm releasing now, slowly but surely, is all stuff that I wrote over the last few years and and uh, am going to put out. And, uh, you know, and then, uh, I don't know, I, I like doing music. It's fun. You know, I enjoy it. And I, you know, so why not? You know, maybe maybe people will like it, maybe they won't. I, I have no idea. But uh, uh, I just like putting it out there. Well, sitting in my iTunes, is, I still have uh, a song by Funeral, uh, was it, Funeral in the Mirror was your one 
band uh, said the dog. I don't know what happened, but I had to turn my back and you were gone. You were gone. Protect us if the neighbors won't respect us Said the dog, said the dog Catchy tunes. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's from uh, the one album we released. So actually my partner in that band is this guy James Tinkstone, who's, you know, like lifelong friend, and uh, he produces a lot of the stuff I do now. And so okay. he's still there and part of it in, in a different way, but, you know, I like, I like working with him and collaborating with him, so... And so did you So ever, this new stuff is under the title Demon Riot. It's all on it's all on Bandcamp. And is it is it uh, a lot different than Funeral in the Mirror or if if what what's the what's it sound like? Um the first there's two EPs up there now. The first EP is just a subtitle EP. That stuff probably sounds the most similar to the Funeral in the Mirror stuff. The second EP is called The Fort Disco and that's like really like, sort of like weird, I guess dance music, I'd call it, in, okay. in its own way. Yeah. Um, the full length release is kind of what it's all been building towards for me. And, like, that's, that's going to be much, much stranger, much more unique stuff. So that's, that, that's coming, that's coming very soon. Uh, kind of like trying to get in that world where it sounds sort of like, Captain Beefheart meets electronic music, oh, and uh, I think I think a lot of this stuff is finally there. So I'm excited about it. So, do you think, as if you were a young person starting out today, do you think that it's the the comedy business is healthier than the music business right now, or do you think someone should just follow their what their real passion is? Uh, I don't know as much about the music business because I spend most of my time in the comedy business. Comedy business is not healthy now. Oh, okay. <laughs> not, a, not at all healthy. <laughs> you know, I mean, look, it's it's like anything else. I don't think any big business is healthy. Um, you know, we unfortunately live in a very money-driven society, and that does not promote a healthy environment. So it's really just about can you exist in the in the unhealthy environment and remain sane and you know not poke a million holes in your soul and uh-huh. you know keep a portion of your heart and remain a human being. I mean that's the whole trick, you know. There's a I, I was just listening to this De La Soul song where he goes. Uh, I, I'm paraphrasing the lyric, but it was something along the lines of like, you know. Everything, everything cools off if it ever gets hot. The trick is, can you stand to be cold or not? And I was like, that pretty much sums it all up. You know, everybody's going to have their moment where, where they feel like a, a prince or a princess. And it feels like nothing can go wrong. And it's like, that doesn't matter. Like, that part, that part is the part that goes away. It's the part in between those moments 
and the periods in between those moments where it does get kind of dark and it does get kind of lonely. And it's like in those moments, that's when you're defined as a human being. Are you going to remain a human being? Can you, can you handle the downtime or is it going to just turn you into a monster? You know? So, uh, you know, or, or an addict or a self-destructive, whatever, you know? So, you gotta, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the trick to it is. It's just trying to, like I said, remain human through all this, you know? Yeah, I guess that's really the challenge uh, in any art. So, but what made you decide to pursue comedy instead of music? Instead of music? Yeah. Uh, I just got, I don't know, I just got tired of, you know, music at the time, at least for me, was a really it was a tough uphill battle. It was, it was really hard for me to try to collaborate with a group of other guys and, and, and get on the same page as other guys or get other guys on the same page as me. And it was just really hard. It was hard to get it rolling. And I got really impatient and I got frustrated. And then I started to do comedy because I was like, Oh, well I can express myself this way and I can do it alone. And there in theory, could not even be a microphone, and I could still do this. And I, I really liked that. You know, up until that point, I'd been mostly drumming in bands, uh, and you know, I, I just liked the idea of not having to lug equipment anywhere or anything, and just kind of get up and talk and express yourself freely without having to work within the confines of, of a song. And in turn, in in the last four years, five years, whatever. The music that I've written has all been, you know, I compose everything on in Logic now, and it's stuff that I can all do by myself if I have to. So that's kind of the thing that brought me back into playing music again, too. Was like that. You, you, I didn't, I didn't need to get together with four other guys or three other guys or whatever. I could just do it by myself. So that's not to say I don't like to collaborate. Still, like I'm going to do a sketch album with my friend Nate Fernal. Uh, you know, a comedy sketch album, and, and, and that's been a lot of fun writing and creating that stuff with him. That's cool. And, you know, this Steven Ryan thing I'm doing, like, we're, we're about to put out this full length that we did with uh, my friend Paul Chell, um, who I used to play in bands with. So, I mean, I still, I still like to collaborate, but, like, I just like the solo aspect of comedy, you know? I, yeah. I, really, I really liked that it was all on you. And it was up to me to deliver, and the, if the failure happened, it was all on me. And you know, I, that for some reason really attracted me to it. It's funny because I was talking to Nick Thune a couple of weeks ago, and he said he he did he even dropped carrying a guitar around with him because it was just a pain in the ass going through airports and security and things like that. You know, just with a guitar. So you can imagine, uh, you know, having to travel around yeah. with all the other stuff, all the other mucky muck. Do you feel that, um, and also comedians probably age a little better than musicians and that they can appeal to wider audiences? Because it seems, you know, at least with the way the music industry works now, they always try to target certain artists to certain age groups and things like that. There's something interesting about how comedians look younger than they always are. Like, it is pretty fascinating to me. So there is something about that, like, you know, laughter being a medicine and, and all that sort of stuff. Um... I don't know if we age better than musicians or not. I mean, I think I think we're we're on the road in a different way than musicians. So even though comedians like to drink and 
and party and stuff like that. It's like we don't do it as consistently as musicians do. Because uh, musicians go on tour and they're on the road for like three months straight. So I think that kind of weathers the skin after a while. But uh, it seems like more musicians smoke cigarettes too. So I'm sure that's got something to do with it. But, uh, so yeah, I guess we're winning slightly in that department and then losing in the sexual gratification department. <laughs> so it's a trade-off. It's a big trade-off, you know? Yeah, and most comedians are usually in the same town for a couple of days, unless you're Brian Regan or Jim Gaffigan, and you're just, you know, doing a theater and then, you know, going from town to town that way. So maybe that has something to do with it as well. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a different lifestyle. You know, it's a different lifestyle. Not yeah. a question. But, uh, but for some reason, all comics want to be musicians, and all musicians want to be comics. So we're all jealous of one another because we're yeah. all unhealthy. Yeah, nobody's happy with what they have. Yeah, well, and then of course you know, the, you know people you know do do cross streams as it were, like you like you said, you know, some will, will dabble in this and dabble and to, to you know varying degrees of success. I mean, you ever run into people and that have tried to try the other side and be like, oh no, that's this that's a mistake. I heard um, who was it? Uh, John Mayer, I guess, allegedly does stand up occasionally at the comedy store in Los Angeles, and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. John at the clubs and stuff, drop in and do stand-up. Um, I feel like more people drift into stand-up the other way. I, I might be wrong. I, I don't know. But, you know, I tweeted recently, you know, in quotes, I'm going to try stand-up now, and then I put, you know, anybody that's quit any other job ever. Because I just feel like people... People, for some reason, always want to try stand-up yeah. after they did something else for a long time. It's fine. I mean, you know, I'm not saying they shouldn't. It's just an odd, there's an odd attraction that people have to it. Um, but I'm also not in that music world, so I don't, I don't, I, I, will say, I don't know a lot of comics that are playing music um, that, that's not what we do comedic music. Right, you know? I was just going to say, you're one Which of the exceptions. Which makes it hard to peddle music because it's like, I feel like people assume it could be funny yeah, or something, and, and it's not, you know? Well, yeah, and it's like, I think you and Steve Martin are the only people that come to mind. Of course, Steve Martin doesn't do comedy anymore, though I think it's, I read somewhere where he's about to do it again for the first time in years. But yeah, the only two examples I can think of of people that do comedy and then serious music would uh, be you two. But, um, so that is a uh, interesting dichotomy. It also seems too that it seems people and me, I know for sure, it more accepting of a comedian trying music, even serious music, than a musician trying to do stand-up. Even though there are some funny musicians out there, the people I've interviewed are pretty hilarious, but and they're funny with, with their banter on stage. But you'd yeah. be like, yeah, be like, yeah. oh no, you could you couldn't do that for even you know ten minutes straight. You know, between songs, it's fine, but you know. Up on a stage, that would be, uh, that'd be a bit taxing, probably. Henry Henry Rollins could do it. He's really funny. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, he's got a you know, you know, big uh, background as a public speaker, I guess. Now after all these years, so yeah, that would uh, that would probably work as but well. Yeah, he's got a he's got a pretty fruitful spoken word career. Yeah, and a lot of his spoken word stuff is very funny. Um, but I, like when I listen to him, I'm like, this guy could do fucking like regular stand-up if he wanted to yeah there are other he's, people he's like good at it. 
Yeah. Uh, any other pursuits that you would like to look into the uh, artistically, or are you pretty settled mostly between you know what you've been doing with the uh, comedy, music, and then of course the acting and uh, podcasting? I'd love to never podcast ever again. Huh. Uh, I mean, I you know, I like doing the podcast. I do. Uh, you know, it's I like being like we're on Fangoria, the Fangoria Network. I'm a huge I've been a huge fan of Fangoria since I was a kid, um, and I and I get to do the We'll See You in Hell show with my friend Pat Walsh, who's one of my close close friends. And so, I mean, as far as podcasting goes, it's a best case scenario for me, but it's by far the least of my interests. I still can't understand why people want to hear me talk. I don't get it. I don't understand, but they seem to want to hear it and it seems to help. So I do it. And, uh, like, I feel like you have to do it. Like, I don't know. I just, I'm not saying like, Oh, I do it because there's such a demand. I, I feel like you have to have a podcast. And I don't ever like feeling like I have to have anything. You know what I mean? So, uh, I, you know, I'd like to get a little, I, I, you know, my, my interests lie less in that sort of Internet world of things and a little more in the live performance world of things. You know, I think yeah. live performance will always be the first and foremost thing I want to do. Um, and the thing I have a, the highest interest in, um, and then, you know, second to that is, is the creation of ideas and, you know, TV and movie ideas and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I plan on trying to sell these things that I've been working on for quite some time now, uh, in the next year. And, and hopefully that happens, but that's certainly where my second second focus lies, you know, in the, in the idea of like a production company where I can create things for myself and for other people, hopefully, you know, cause that's kind of why we're all doing this, right? Sure. You know? Yeah. That get, get control and get, you know, be the, 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 the father of the ideas. As I say, the podcasting, at least when you have a fan base, people, I think, like to hear, uh, you know, if you're a, a, a Jimmy Pardo, a Bill Burr, a Joe DeRosa, people, you know, you will come to town once a year for four days and maybe people will catch you on a, on a Conan or on uh, the Late Show or something like that. But, you know, they want to hear more of Joe DeRosa. So from that aspect, it's, you know, I'm sure it's beneficial. Uh, yeah, 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 I, again, I don't. I don't understand why anybody, I, I, I mean, I love, I love, I mean, I'm a fan, you know, sure. uh, I'm a fan of it probably first before anything else. I, I, yeah, yeah. I do this stuff because I was kind of born a fan of all of it. I mean, I try to listen to podcasts with my favorite people. I mean, I get five minutes in and I'm like, oh, I'm done. <laughs> I don't give a shit about this. Like, I don't like <laughs> listening to people talk. I just don't care for it. It doesn't yeah. excite me. I like talk radio. You know, I like, like, listening to people have, you know, like, a discussion about, like, health care or something like that. Like, right, that's, right. that I find interesting. Hmm. But I do not like listening to entertainers talk. You know, I've never really, like, been a big fan of talk shows. I'm just not into it. Like, I'm not knocking it. I'm sure, just sure. not into it, it. Yeah, it's just not your bag. It's just, it's never took. 
that being said, I, 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 I'm greatly appreciative to have a show with Fangoria. Sure. I'm, I'm greatly, uh, sorry, that was the GPS. I'm greatly appreciative to have, uh, a show with Fangoria and then I get to do it with one of my best pals and, and Kurt Bronner and I do emotional hangs together, which is another podcast. And we're probably going to get that out there on its own somewhere. Right now it's just sort of a, uh, a sub pod of his existing pod. So we're going to probably get that out there. Cool. We're probably going to get that out there on its own thing, you know, and, and that's great. It's fun that anybody wants to listen to me and another one of my closest friends uh, talk, you know, uh, it's great. I just, it's just a concept that I don't understand. Uh, that being said, download it, please, when it comes out. Exactly. And, uh, <laughs> and, and thanks for doing this today, uh, as well. Um, I'll let you get back on the road and, uh, hopefully we'll see you back in Cincinnati here sometime as well. I know you've been at the Go Bananas before and, uh, they always enjoy having you there. So, um, good luck with everything, all the projects and stuff. And, uh, we'll talk to you soon, man. Good luck with your podcast. <laughs> All right, thanks, Joe. Thanks, buddy. I'll right. talk to you later. All right, bye-bye. Thanks again to Joe DeRosa for being on the show. You can catch Joe. He's out on the road again. I guess he hasn't been for a while, but... Uh, you can catch him. Well, if you're listening to this, let me see. Well, not tonight while I'm recording it. He's in Wilmington, uh, North Carolina. He's in Greenville, South Carolina at the Radio Room, March 22nd. Hattiesburg, Mississippi, March 24th at the Thirsty Hippo. Does two nights in Lafayette. No, one night in Lafayette, Louisiana. Two shows uh, at JP's Bar. New Orleans, Louisiana, March 26th. And then he does a run at the Acme Comedy Club, the famous Acme Comedy Club in Minneapolis, March 29th through April 2nd. For all Joe DeRose information, go to Joe DeRosa Comedy. Dot com, which brings us up to the song of the week, and it's a proper banger, as they say on Radio 1. Uh, the, how we discovered this one, kind of interesting. Our friends over at Rock Solid, uh, Pat Francis, he, he uh, was decided to record a show with his daughter. His oldest daughter is two, three years younger than Fangirl, also very into music. And what he did was he always describes his show as uh, your uh, comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic, and of course he is—he's got a good ear for new music. He kind of—he dogs himself a little unnecessarily, I believe, but he likes the old stuff, as a lot of us old folks uh, do. Except for me, I still pursue new music quite a bit, as we know. And anyway, he uh, decided to have his daughter Sarah on play new, very new music, you know, stuff that's less than a couple years old. And he played like the classics of classics here on Classic Rock Radio, like Bohemian Rhapsody and, and things like that, that kind of counterpointed. So she had about 13 uh, acts in her playlist. I thought, well, I'll probably know all of these. This will be pretty cool. I knew four of them. Three of them I'd heard. One I only knew by name. The other one I had never heard of, including this band. And this band, how did this band get underneath my radar? Uh, let me read you from the Wikipedia page about Metric, okay? And you're, if you listen to this show regularly, you're going to be like, P.F., how could you be asleep at the switch? Metric are a Canadian rock band formed in 1998 in Toronto. What? Okay, so that right there, how did I miss a Canadian rock? And they're uh, very synthy. So uh, how did I miss a, a very synthy band from Toronto, Ontario? It's beyond me. But uh, their current album, let me see what their current album is actually, because she played a track from it. It came out last year. Hold on, let me go to the discography on the Wikipedia. Uh, she played the song called Lie, 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 which is one of the singles. 
and uh, it, it's uh, Pagans in Vegas is the name of the album, and it's their one, two, three, four, five, sixth album. And I'm just coming to the party, so I've got a lot of uh, research to do here. Anyway, Pagans Vegas, the track is Lie, Lie, Lie. It is a proper banger. It is the song of the week on PS Tape Recorder. Uh, thanks to Sarah and Pat over at Rock Solid for turning me on to Metric. So long, and thanks for listening. If it happened, it was meant to be. Offer me a free lobotomy. To be sedated to be seen On the cover of your magazine Hey! 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 If it happened, it was meant to be You got me a lobotomy for free Now I'm so sedated and serene On the cover of your magazine the question no one wants to ask themselves Naked in the movie, make me the director's pet Everybody told me, take whatever you can get Everybody told me, take whatever you can get